Jewish audio on Chabad.org. Rambam, Hilchas Bikurim, the laws of the first fruits, which also include within it the laws of Matnos Kehuna. We talked about the fact that there are 24 gifts, which the Torah gifts to the Kohen. And here we're going to learn a very interesting gift. Mitzvah say it is a positive commandment in the Torah, and this one has nothing to do with sacrifices. That anyone who takes a kosher animal and brings it to the shochet and slaughters it, <coughs> you just want to have a barbecue must give to the Kohen three parts of the animal. Hazreya, <coughs> the Zreya, the foreleg of the animal, the Halchoyayim, and the jaw of the animal, the Hakeva, and the maw, or the stomach of the animal. Part of the stomach, the maw. So these are the three parts that every Jew, when he goes to shecht an animal and he's about to butcher an animal, he says, wait a minute, did I give the Kohen his prescribed gifts? And this gift, Zreya, Lechayayim, and Keva, is one of the 24 gifts which comes to the Kohen. Really? How do we know? Shanamar, because it says, V'zeyiyah mishpat This will be the law the prescribed law coming to the Kohen. Now, if you want to know what the key word for this gift is, this is referred to in general terms in every place as matones, the gifts. So when we talk about, did you give the gift to the Kohen, what are we talking about? The foreleg, the cheek, and the maw, the stomach. Now says that Ambam Mitzvah Zu, this commandment, Neheges is observed, Tomid constantly, always. Bain Bifne Abayas, whether there is a Beis Amigdush, Bain Pshalei Bifne Abayas, or there is not a Beis Amigdush, or Bechal Mokim in every place, Bain Baoretz, whether in Israel, Bain Bechutzlaretz, or out of Israel, U Bechulin, it's only observed with everyday, regular, mundane food, Avol Lei Bimakudoshim, but absolutely not with holy food. Holy food sacrifices don't have this law applied to it. They have other laws. Okay, a couple of things. Number one, the area in the Talmud where this is discussed is in the tractate of Chulin, the very end. And the Mishnah talks about this requirement, which is based in the Torah. The Gemara asks a question, very nice, you want to give the Kohen gifts, but why? Why the foreleg, the cheek, and the maw? I mean, it sounds strange. So as the Gemara, it's not strange at all. It has a biblical story attached to it. Because there is the famous story in the Bible with Zimri ben Solu, who was publicly consorting 
with the Midianite princess, Cosby, not to be confused with Bill Cosby, Cosby Bastsur, and in general, all of the stuff that went on that resulted in a terrible plague, as is explained in the end of the book of Numbers. The story takes place at the very end of the portion of Bolok, where Pinchas ben Elozer ben Aaron Akohen, Pinchas son of Elozer, son of Aaron the Kohen, sees what's going on, and Vayikach Reimach he takes a spear in his hand, and he comes where Zimri and Cosby are consorting together. First, as the Posik says in Tehillim, he prayed to God, he took his spear and killed them both in the act. El Hoisha El Kobosa into her femininity, into his masculinity. Says the Gemara, the portion of Pinchas begins. Pinchas, son of Elazar, son of Aaron, restored my connection to the Jewish people, restrained my anger, says Hashem. I didn't destroy the Jewish people in the plague that was destroying them. Therefore it is said, I'm giving Pinchas my covenant forever. He'll have the eternal covenant of Kehuna. Therefore, the Kohen gets Hazreya, the foreleg, which is the arm that Pinchas lifted. Vayikach Romach Biyodo is the foreleg. Vayamit Pinchas Vayifalo, the prayer is the cheek. He speared her in her belly, so to speak. Al Kavosa, this is the stomach. So these three parts of the animal that are gifted to the coin is reminiscent of this very powerful biblical story. So this is some background which the Gemara gives. I don't usually go into so much background, but I think it's critical for us to understand what's going on here. Bays to kol hakadoshim shekodam mum kabua legdeshim benifdu. Now he goes on to the detailed laws of which animals have this requirement, which animals do not have this requirement. If there is an animal that was consecrated to the Holy Temple, however, before it was consecrated, it already had a blemish. When you consecrate something that already has a blemish, you know it's not going to fly as a sacrifice. You know it has to be redeemed. So if the permanent blemish was there before the consecration, the niftu, and then it was redeemed, then you know that this never had a chance at being a sacrifice. Chayovim b'matonis, then it requires these gifts to be given. However, vim kodam mumayi but if a passing blemish was there before it was consecrated, a shigdishim tmimim, or it was consecrated, when it was unblemished, and then the blemish came about, when Ibdu had then they are exempt from gifts. Because again, they're sacred. These gifts are from everyday mundane food. Along the lines of the details, Gimel, Suffolk, Becher, if we're not sure if something is a firstborn or not, in the case of the firstborn animal, the whole firstborn, we learned, is given to the Kohen. Here, we're not sure if it's a firstborn or not. Chayyab bimatonus, 
Mikol Tzad, then in any event, you have to give these three gifts to the Kohen. If it's a firstborn, then not only the foreleg, the cheek and the maw go to the Kohen, but the whole cow goes to the Kohen. Kula Lakayan, the whole camp. And it's not Matnais of the Kohen, at least the three gifts go to the Kohen. In this topic, what if you're not sure? There are two animals. Let's say a, a cow gave birth to two animals, uh, a, a male and a female, and one of them was older and one of them was second, but you're not sure, twins, you're not sure which one. So one is a firstborn, possibly, or not. So the Kohen takes one. Just to be sure, so the other one doesn't require any gifts at all. Why? Because it's as if the Kohen acquired it and then gave it back. But if somebody's unsure whether this is the tenth animal in the gift of Maser Behemoth, is exempt. Why? Because there's a rule that we learned earlier, and this rule is throughout Torah. When it's a matter of financial, which is what Maser is about, we're talking about Maser Behemoth. If it's a matter of financial, then the person who, pro- who, who demands something has to prove it's his. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. What if there was an animal of the sacred, which became unfit for the sacred with its blemish, and therefore it's not obligated to have the gift taken from it, because it was sacred, and now it became mixed up with other animals. Even one in a hundred. So you have a hundred animals. Ninety-nine require the giving of the three parts of the animal to the coin. The hundredth, because it was sacred for a while, doesn't. When one person owns all these animals... Kulam them that they're all exempt, because any animal he takes could be the one that's exempt. And therefore, if the Kohen thinks he deserves it, let him prove that this is an animal that requires it. When you take something from somebody, you need to prove it. But if one slaughtered them all, then then he takes a gift of one animal, gives it to the Kohen, and that's the extent of the obligation which he has, because he knows that only one animal was consecrated and then disqualified. I'm sorry, only one set is exempt, because he knows that only one was sacred and then disqualified, and the others have the obligation I misspoke. What kind of animal has the requirements of these three gifts? A kosher species animal. An ox, or a sheep. What if a hybrid is born from a sheep and a goat? There is an obligation. Then there's the mixture of domestic and wild animal called a koi, which we learned extensively about, even though it's doubtful, you have to give all the gifts. What if a male deer mates with a goat and it gives birth? Half these gifts have to be given. Even 
part of the sheep. On the other hand, if a male goat mates with a deer, the offspring is exempt because we focus on the mother more than on the father. The rule is that anyone who slaughters an animal must give these three gifts to the Kohen. What if somebody slaughters an animal, but he has intent to slaughter it for idol worship? Or he's slaughtering the animal, but his intent is to feed it to his dogs. He's slaughtering the animal, his intent is to use it for medicinal purposes. It makes no difference, he's slaughtering the animal. He has to give the Kohen his gifts. What you decide to use it for later is your business. If it belongs to partners, those who offer the offering. Now, I neglected to share something earlier which I wanted to share. From learning the Rambam, it appears that this is an obligation that we should be observing today. And uh, I would imagine maybe some people observe it today. But let's look at the note here. That whether or not this should be observed today is a matter of debate amongst the commentaries. The tour, I'm reading note three in the Meiznayim Rambam. I'm not sure if it's in the Chayenu or not. The tour and the Shulchan Aruch and Rabbeinu Meir of Rottenburg. I'm sorry, the tour and the Shulchan Aruch quote the Rambam's view, which is that it's pertaining to today as well, but also mentions the opinion of Rashi and Rabbeinu Meir of Rottenberg, who maintain that this mitzvah is not practiced in the diaspora. They conclude that this latter view is observed. So, therefore, there are many commentators who say this is not observed. The Sefer Achinuch writes that in the abstract, theoretically, he agrees that the law should be observed in the present era as well. But, quote, we do not have the power to compel the butchers to observe it. So this is just some background that I think we need to know about how this pertains to the practical today. Just to repeat Zion again. The animal belonging to partners, Chayebes, is obligated. Those who offer the sacrifice. What if we have yet to learn the detailed laws of the sabbatical year, but they are detailed. Somebody takes sabbatical year produce and exchanges it in one form or another. And now he has an animal from that produce money even though it was sabbatical year, produce money, he's obligated to give the gifts to the Kohen. What about a Kohen who slaughters an animal? Does he have to give it to another Kohen? What about a Levi? They're exempt from these gifts. From the people, from the masses, not from the Kohen. The truth is that we're not sure about the Levi. Maybe the levy is, maybe the levy isn't. The fikos, therefore, a neitlimahem, when in doubt, don't do it, because it's financial. You have to prove that there's a financial obligation. However, if somehow the kayan ends up with these gifts from a levy farmer, 
so he does not have to return it. When does this apply? When somebody slaughters for himself. But if the Kohen is a butcher and he's selling to the market, we give him two or three weeks to implement his gifting. I'm sorry, we give him two or three weeks so that he can keep the gifts for himself because he's also a Kayan. He's a butcher, he's also a Kayan. You give him two or three weeks. But from that point on, we remove the gifts from him forcibly, and we share the wealth. He can't be taking away all of the gifts from that whole city. But if he set up a sales warehouse where he's actually selling meat as a butcher, a butcher store, we don't even give him two or three weeks, but we force him to share with other calling him right away. I'm going to just have some tea here a second, pardon me. And if he's holding back, and he's refusing to give, we put him in cheirem, in ches, as we call it. We ostracize him until he gives, and we've talked in the past about the idea of what ostracism means. It's discussed in Hilchas Talmud Torah and in other places. Okay. Yud what if somebody slaughters for a non-Jew? The non-Jew has no obligation, and he's being paid to slaughter the animal for a non-Jew. <coughs> or the Kohen, he's a shochet, and he's slaughtering for the Kohen, potem and amatonus, he's exempt, because the Kohen is exempt, and the non-Jew is exempt. If somebody is a partner with the Kohen in this animal, he needs to document his portion in order that the gifts should remain in the Kohen's part. If he didn't clearly outline what his part of the partnership is, then he, if he's a partner in every tiny piece of the animal, then he would be obligated in at least half the gifts. Or maybe more than that, because not everybody knows that the Kohen is a partner. If the Kohen is visibly standing with him in the butcher <coughs> area in the slaughtering house, then he doesn't have to clearly make a clear demarcation of what his parts are. If somebody partners in an animal with a non-Jew, he doesn't have to document. Because we can assume that the non-Jew who partners with a Jew in a Jewish culture probably publicized it. It's a matter of pride for him. Even though he's not there at the time of sale, we can assume that, to use the modern vernacular, he posted it on Facebook. What if the Kohen made the partnership with the non-Kohen partner, that he's a partner with him, except for the gifts? The gifts are the Kohen's. Then the gifts go to the Kohen. In other words, the Kohen says, I keep the gifts. After that, we partner in what's left. 
Kiva Shomer Lechutz, because he told them, except, Hadashir Lechay and Chelek Matonis. So the Kohen left himself the portion of the animal with the gifts. Therefore, they're his. But if the Kohen said, on the condition that the gifts are mine, then it's the Israelites. And the Israelite can give it to any Kohen. He doesn't have to give it to his partner Kohen. Even though they made the deal, he has an obligation to give, and he has to give to whoever he wants to. When somebody says, on the condition, he doesn't leave himself anything. So he does not acquire it through this stipulation. If the Kohen was a partner in the head of the animal, he doesn't have to give the cheek. If he's a partner in the foreleg, he doesn't have to give the forearm, the foreleg. If he was a partner in the intestines, he doesn't have to give the stomach. The entire animal is mine. The head is yours. Then he has to give the cheek. Because that which is obligated belongs to the Israelite. What if a convert converted? A man converted, a person converted. And he had a slaughtered animal. It was kosher slaughtered. If the slaughtering occurred before the conversion, then he's exempt because at the moment of the slaughtering by the shochet, the owner was not Jewish. But if it was after his conversion, he's obligated. If we're unsure, he's exempt. If somebody tries to take something from someone else, that's financial, he has to prove it. This is a financial issue. Behema, an animal, whose gifts have not been set aside. Can you eat from it? It's not like tevel, which is produce, from which truma has not been taken. Because the gifts of the priest are separate from Atonis. And these gifts... The Israelite may not eat it without permission of the Kohen, but if the Kohen gives him permission, he's allowed to eat it. It's not Trumah. What if he went and ate them, or he harmed them, or he sold them? He doesn't have to pay. Because which Kohen can demand it from him? It doesn't belong to any individual Kohen. Some of the one who purchased them, even though he's not permitted to, he can eat them. Because the fact is that the presence of a Kohen, if they're stolen, it creates a change of ownership and it transforms itself to a financial obligation rather than an obligation of an item. When somebody steals something, he has to return it. But if he changes it, then he has to make restitution financially. But the item becomes his. If somebody says to the butcher, sell me the digestive organs of this cow, and it had within it the stomach parts. And he gives it to the Kayin. And The seller does not have to reduce the price accordingly because it's the buyer who's obligated to do him. 
The kacham and metal mishka, but if he buys by weight, and then he can give it to the coin. He can deduct because he's buying by weight. If somebody sends a gift of meat, somebody sends meat to another <coughs> person and it had these gifts within it, we don't have to suspect that the sender stole them. We can suspect that somehow he acquired them. Then he can determine the financial amount and he can eat them and give the money to the Kohen. If somebody wants to give the gift to one particular Kohen, he can do so. If he wants to divide them, he can do that as well. However, you should not give half of one of the parts to one Kohen, half to another, such as a half of the more to one Kohen, or half of the foreleg, but give the foreleg to one, the kevelechad of the more to another, or the chayayim lishnayim, and he can take the cheek, which is large, and give it to two. Shenemar titanle to give to him, sheyabar kadeh matona, it has to be enough to give. If shall share if it was of an ox, which is large, he can break it up into many pieces, which sheyabachal chaticha, kadeh matona, as long as there is enough to honorably present someone with a gift from each one. Now we come to the definition, and those who are studying with us, you actually have a picture from the Gemara and Chulin of a cow, which shows the Zreya, the Lechayayim, and the Keva, the foreleg, the jaw, and the maw. Also in the Meznaim Rambam, he has diagrams, which shows what we're talking about. Okay. Ezeu Azreya, let's start with the foreleg. What's a foreleg? Zreya, show you mean. First of all, it's the right one. Mina Pedik Shalarkuba, Adkap Shalyode, from the portion from the upper joint until the ankle joint, which are two limbs, one connected with the other. That's the definition of Zreya. Vihal Chayayim and the cheek. Or the jaws. From the jaw bones until the large ring. The large ring of the protrusion of the gullet with the tongue between the bones. All of this is given to the Kohen. So the Kohen gets to eat a lot of tongue which is a delicacy. And, of course, we learned in the laws of slaughtering about this area and the protrusion of the gullet and so on. We do not pour boiling water on the hide to remove the hair, nor do we skin it. We're talking about the jaw. You give it with the skin and with the wool. Bakeva and the more you give bachaleb with the fat, shola, which is upon it, and the fat within it. And the koanim developed a custom of giving the fat of the more back to the owner. It was an act of generosity on the part of the koanim.
Chof Hakehenes. Here's a fascinating law. What did we learn earlier about all gifts of the Kohen? We learned that the Kohen's wife gets to eat truma with him, for example. The Kohen's unmarried daughter gets to eat truma with him. But once she marries, if she marries a Kohen, she eats truma because of her husband. She doesn't marry a Kohen, she loses the right <coughs> to eat truma. But here we read, Chav HaKehenes, a female Kohen. She may eat of these gifts, even though she married an Israelite. Really. Because this is not sanctity. There's no sacredness attached to it. There's no sanctity. Not only can she have this tongue, furthermore, her Israelite husband can share with her. Because it's hers. Because she is a daughter of a coin, even though she married an Israelite. Avobot Chalola, an unfit Kohen, we learned these laws in great detail earlier, she lost the right of her priesthood, she may not eat. Because Chalolim, unfit Kohenim, are not even called by the term of Kohen. Now, what if the Kohen says, you know, I don't need tongue, I don't need forearms, I don't need maws and jaws, what I need is money. The Kohen could actually sell these gifts or give them away. to a non-Jew. Really? The Torah is giving you a gift as a Kohen, you're giving them away to a Jew, to a non-Jew. He can have his dog eat it. Makes no difference. Why? Because it's a financial gift, not a gift of holiness. It's his self-determination. He can do whatever he wants with them. Shame by him, Kedusha quality, there is no sanctity. So somebody can actually, I guess, do a futures contract and sell all of the gifts he will receive and get money for it. Chaf Aleph, and this is what the Rambam talks about in 21. I'm just going to have a little more tea here. Kohen, if you have a very popular Kohen, we know some popular Kohen. Shahoyulechavedim had a lot of friends. Shinesleamatonos who give him gifts. What if the Kohen says, you know what, I get so many of these gifts. What am I going to do? There's just so much tongue anybody could eat. I'm going to give them to my friends, the Israelites. No problem. He can give them away. He can even give them away before he got them. He has friends who can slaughter their animals, and instead of bringing it to the Kohen, and he'll give it to the recipient, the friends could deliver it right to the recipient, who's a poor man, or a needy man, or a friend, or whatever. Says the Rambam, however, it should be a case of need. This Israelite should have challenging financial economic situations. Vain lay likness boss, he has no money to buy meat. And the coin should be his friend. But the Rambam says, Halacha wants to be sure that the Kohen is not being taken advantage of 
For example, if the Kohen is the valet or the secretary or the employee of an Israelite, so the Israelite can say, I'll give you a job on the condition that you sign over all of your gifts to me. Uh-uh. We don't want that to happen. Then until he physically gives it to him, until he physically acquires it, he can't give it away. Because we're afraid that he's being intimidated and coerced to do it. And finally, the closing paragraph of this chapter. No Kayan may forcibly grab these gifts. No Kohen should even verbally demand these gifts. It's chutzpah. You're making people uncomfortable. If people are giving it to him honorably, he takes it. Not is not. When there are many calling him in a slaughterhouse, the modest ones withdraw. And the gluttons get it all. But that's the fact of life. What if the Kohen is modest and Nobody knows that he's a Kohen. Then, he can take. By showing initiative and taking, he can sort of spread the word that he is a Kohen. Now, interesting law. The Kohen has to treat these gifts with respect. Therefore, the Kohen, when he eats this, it should be eaten roasted with mustard on them. I mean, what's a tongue without grape popon? So you need to have a, make a meal out of it. For distinction, a mark of distinction, a mark of excellence. Like, G- is it GM or GE? GE, GE, mark of excellence. Like kings eat it. Because you're a Kohen, you're a king. Enjoy this, respect it, honor it. End of chapter 9.